What's up, friends? And before we hop into the show, I got to tell you about Vita Mobile IV. And as we've told you, our own Ryan Koningsberg experienced a pretty rough hangover after the Broncos draft party and preseason game at Blake Street Tavern. And this video we put online of him being restored to full health from that hangover. And what happened? Was he checked out Vita Mobile IV? They came to him. So he got to sit on his own couch. They hooked him up to an IV. And within an hour, he was feeling 100%. And Vita Mobile IV comes to your home, office, dorm room, or wherever you had need some serious hydration. Vita Mobile IV is made up of professionals passionate about preventative health and the benefits of IV therapy and alternative medicine. Recover and recharge with Vita Mobile IV. So download their app right now. Request a skilled IV drip therapist. Sit back and relax because they come to you. Whether you're at home, work, on the go, wherever you are, Vita Mobile IV will find you and hook you up with some hydration. So don't forget to use their promo code HYD20 to save 20% off your first IV drip. So visit VitaMobile.com vitamobileiv.com to learn more or just download their app and book your appointment. That's HYD20 for 20% off. All right, let's hop into the show. Broncos country is sitting in the south stands drinking the curves from mile high the best part of the weekend hugging the perfect strain they become a friend Having a good time When the orange and blue W-I-N Tuning in Every day With the good folks Down DNVR Welcome into the DNVR Broncos podcast I'm your host today Zach Stevens Joined by my main man Andrew Mason And Mace Are you staying alive In this cold weather? I'm staying alive as long as the heat works in my house. We're actually in a uh, toasty basement. And I know normally you don't say basements are toasty. But compared to the outside, it is. It's actually quite nice down here. But, uh, you know, the city of Denver is pretty well shut down. Yep. Pardon me. I guess my voice isn't all the way there. City of Denver is pretty well shut down. Not the Broncos. Everything nope. is going on as scheduled. The only change they're making is they're moving the press conferences that would ordinarily take place outside, inside. And they're going to practice inside, but they do that often. That's it. Other than that, the Broncos, they roll on even as Denver hunkers down to wait out this snow day. And so, Mace, that means that we're here for you all. We we don't miss anything when the Broncos are, are practicing. We were talking about this yesterday, Mace. You've worked for the team, or you've covered the team for 12 years. This Longer than that, actually. I've covered, yeah. How And how many times have they ever canceled media availability okay. during the season? So this is my um, it's my 16th season. 16th, okay. 16th season covering the team. In season, they've never canceled a media availability because they haven't canceled a practice. <laughs> Because they've gone on. The closest was back in week 16 of the 2006 season, right before Christmas. Had a huge snowstorm then. 
And yet, everything went on as it did before. That was it. No change. <laughs> Somewhere in uh, the archives of former Bronco employees Kyle Sonneman's computer, there's a sound effect of Gerard Warren saying, please, 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 I'm stuck in the facility, I'm eating potato soup <laughs> in the locker room to the media. <laughs> and that's what it is. Football never stops. The Broncos never stop. And boy, if you're in Denver right now or anywhere in Colorado dealing with this cold You'll need some Strava Craft coffee to warm you right up. Not only will it help keep you warm, it'll give you the caffeine boost you need, and it'll give you the CBD benefits because it is the perfect blend of caffeine, delicious coffee, and CBD to help with all of your aches and pains. So many people in the office use it. We stand by it. And make sure that you get some to help with everything that you need on this Wednesday. And if you do... Make sure to use the code DNVR20 to receive 20% off. All right, Mace. And as Strava says, drink deeply, live fully. And Mace, one guy that is not living fully right now is that of Drew Locke. Well, I think he's living fully. I think he wants to live even more fully. (laughs) But he's being held back. Yep. He says he's ready. Yep. The thumb's been healed for a couple of weeks. He has been going through each practice twice after the fact with the Broncos virtual reality uh, simulator that they have on site. I wrote about that on DDMVR.com. Who knows if we're talking about Drew Locke or any of this right now, if the Broncos had had VR last year because Case Keenum swore by VR, (laughs) but Vance Joseph said, no, I don't see how that helps. (laughs) Well, it's the only thing that Drew Locke gets to practice with right now. And the only thing he's been able to practice with in two to three months, by the time he takes the field, let's say he starts practicing in week 11, Mace, he would have missed three months of practice. So thank goodness there's at least VR. It does it does something. Now, Drew said he's not frustrated with the way the Broncos are keeping him on the bench. He said he's frustrated with the only thing he can do is VR. So I think that's that's kind of a way to say, yeah, I'm frustrated with what's going on. He's not going to throw them under the bus right now. He's a rookie. Right. You don't do that. You haven't played a snap that counts in the NFL, of course. Then again, Brandon Allen and Brett Rippon haven't played a snap that counts in the NFL. <laughs> this is This is crazy. I mean, three quarterbacks, no regular season snaps. To their name it is it is it is mind-blowing wow and the funny thing is I was thinking about this yesterday Mace because I thought about how no matter who the quarterback is whether it was Rippin or Locke now we know it's Rippin as the backup like you said all of the quarterbacks available to the Broncos right now have zero NFL reps and I thought boy you know what that means that means there was no plan B behind Joe Flacco and then I thought wait no, there was, there was definitely a plan B. His name is Drew Locke. He was your second round pick. <laughs> but when you put it like that, it, it seems like there was no plan B. And for some reason, you made plan B, and you're making plan B, and you're continuing to dig yourself a hole of plan B being, I don't even know, not even a, not even a plan, not even an option. I don't get this. I'm sorry. I, I'm not saying that Drew Locke should play Sunday. No. No way. 
not after he didn't practice the last couple of weeks. No, he should not play Sunday. It is just beyond baffling to me that he will not practice today. That's, and I've been very clear in how I've gone about this in writing and then on social media. I'm not saying Drew Locke should play against the Browns, but there's absolutely no reason why he should not be practicing. The whole thing of, oh, he's not ready to practice. He's healthy. (laughs) What the heck is going on here? You've seen guys plucked off the street that have been out of football for ages, and they've been up and ready to practice like that. Why is he not even ready to practice? It's crazy. It's mind-blowing. It's crazy because he is ready to practice, and the team is, for some reason, holding him back. And None of the potential answers, by the way, on why you're not letting him practice are good. No, and really the only answer that would make sense at this point, and it, it wouldn't make sense either, is if they're not going to use him at all this season and they don't want to see him do anything, which, again, still doesn't make sense because I don't know. Even if you're going to put him back on the IR, why would you not at least have him practice for three weeks? But, again, that doesn't even make sense. Can you believe the Bengals are smarter than the Broncos about this sort of thing? They're 0-8, and and they're going to play Ryan Finley the rest of the way. Yep. The rationale? They want to see what they have and better prepare for next year's draft. Here's the thing, Mace. The only reason... Why this would make sense, and the Broncos will never admit it, is if they want to give themselves the best chance of losing. And maybe, John, I I can never see this happening, but maybe a 2-6 and six start after the loss on Sunday. Maybe that's when John said, oh, okay, maybe we're not winning now. In fact, we're just not, not winning now, but I want the best pick that I can get to get as close to my quarterback as possible. So you know what? Drew Locke? He gives me a chance to to win a couple games here and there. Brett Rippon, yeah, m- maybe. Brandon Allen, come on. He's got no chance to put him in. So by that, you're saying the Broncos have already decided that Drew Locke is not the guy. Right. Based on what they've seen in OTAs, training camp, and three preseason games. In this scenario, That yeah. is insane <laughs> to make that decision on a second-round pick based on that. What that would mean is your evaluation was awful in the draft it would mean he'd have to be beyond bad yeah like he if you're making that call that you speculate you're basically saying this is a worse pick than paxton lynch right and i don't i'm sorry i don't based on the fact that we've seen the training camp practices we saw some of the otas but we saw every training camp practice and we saw every preseason game snap did that look like a player that you just bail on right now and say, okay, uh, he's got zero shot of being anything? No, he flashed plenty for me. Yeah, I'm not saying that you put all your eggs in his basket for the future, especially if you don't know uh, what he can do in the regular season. But I'm not writing him off as a failure based on all the reps that I've seen I because I saw improvement. Me too. And the reason why you should be getting him out there, and to me, the best course of action, because you can't go back and undo the last couple of weeks that he didn't practice, the best course of action would be to get him practicing right now. And whether it's Minnesota, Buffalo, or the Chargers game, you'd have him starting no later than week 13. 
Yep. And then you've got five games to figure out what you've got in this kit. Yep, it, it, exactly, Mason. Now, I don't think that's what's happening because I don't think John Elway is ever going to say and set up his team to to lose. No. I don't think that's what's happening okay, at all. Okay, then. Maybe I'll give you something else. Sorry mm-hmm. to interrupt, but maybe this is simply about Joe Flacco. Mm-hmm. Maybe they think he's going to be back in four weeks. <laughs> what? Maybe they think that they're going to still play the long game with Drew Locke and that Joe Flacco is going to be the team's quarterback in 2020. Oh. It's something that I don't think any of the three of us on this podcast want. I'm just saying, if you look at the fact that they restructured his contract, spread out the hit, in that building, as of a few weeks ago, there was the belief that Drew Locke could be a three-year guy. Yep. That he he was still in his, quote, prime. Entering his prime. Oh, God. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I, that comment back in March about entering his prime, it still blows my mind to this day. And here's why. A... We saw what he'd done the last four seasons. Tailed off from his previous form. B, I think in the building, there was the notion that their scheme, their coaching could fix Drew, could fix Joe Flacco, could get him back to where he was in 2012 and 2014 under this scheme. That's a hell of a lot of intellectual arrogance right there. A hell of a lot. Because what you're saying is that the Baltimore Ravens, who I think we can say, over the last 20 years, one of the smartest organizations in the NFL, has gotten a lot more right than wrong. You're saying those guys didn't know what they were doing? (laughs) That's a leap that I don't think you can reasonably make, but it appears that's what the Broncos made. So I'm just saying, while I think almost nobody in the fan base or the media core wants this to be the case. What if this is still about Joe Flacco being the guy for them? Then it would be bad, Mace. Bad because not only was it bad that John Elway said Joe Flacco was in his prime, but then you would be doubling and tripling and quadrupling down on that by looking at what he did these first eight games. So, and and it's great. You got a great Eight-game sample size from Joe Flacco. And apparently, if the Broncos still haven't played Drew Locke and they're not going to play him this week, they think that you know less than eight games is still enough to be able to evaluate a quarterback. So eight games is plenty to evaluate him. And what was he on pace for? He was on pace for 12 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, and a 4-12 and 12 football team. And here's the thing. Are With you a good be, defense. A, exactly. A good defense. That's what Joe Flacco, if if the Ravens had a good defense, then the Ravens were going to win with Joe Flacco. If the Ravens did not have a good defense, then the Ravens simply were not going to win, as is, as what happened the past few years. And uh, yeah, could you get an offensive lineman to help Joe Flacco out next year? Sure. But are you going to completely overhaul this offense to to help Joe Flacco? No, you're not going to be able to do that. So, Mace, you said that Drew Locke didn't throw the team under the bus, and I agree with that. And he shouldn't because he's a rookie. 
But he made a message very, very clear by saying he's ready. Yes. And multiple times he said, whenever they're ready, I'm ready. There is no questioning if he is ready now. There's no questioning. So I'm very curious with Vic Fangio today. And if, again, if it's not the first question asked, I'll, I'll ask it as the second one. Why? What is the benefit to have Drew Locke not practicing right now? Or how can Drew, what, what are they waiting to see? Because he made it very clear they can't say he's not ready yet. Yeah. Well, unless they're, he's saying, I'm ready, and the team is saying, no, you're not. In which case, where's the disconnect? Right. Why? What is the root of that? And again, it's practice. <laughs> We're not talking about the game just yet. No one's saying he's going to play on Sunday or he'd be ready to play. There's a reason why Brett Rippon is going to be active for this game. Oh, man, I'm live. Uh, this is making my brain hurt. Yeah. Not ready to practice. Just think about that, That what they're saying. What was Paxton Lynch then all his career? <laughs> was he ever ready to practice? Nope. Nope. And here's the thing. I, I'm happy you brought up Paxton Lynch. Paxton was obviously a guy that it became known very quickly. He he didn't want to put the work in. Now, Drew Locke yesterday said he gets in at 6 a.m. and leaves between 6.30 and 7 p.m. And I have no reason to not believe him on that. So he's he's putting the work in. His, he's doing his the VR. Fine. He's doing the VR. Twi- I mean, he's going through every practice twice, according based on what he said. Yep. Going through every practice twice. And then, of course, he's out there at every practice anyway to begin with. So let's say so he's, he's, getting three look, he's getting three looks at practice every day. His, his focus is not necessarily on the game plan at this point, nor should it be. But at the same time, when you get all those looks at practice, you know what the team is doing on a week-to-week basis. And he said one of the great things about VR is the fact that he gets to go through that practice multiple times so the coaches don't have to kind of guide him a little bit that he can pick that up on his own you know I don't know if Drew Locke is going to succeed or fail nobody does but I want him out there at practice and then when if and when he gets out there just let Drew be Drew yep my fear is that he'll get out there in a game and they'll wedge him into this Joe Flacco game plan and he will fail Oh, man. Yep. And I, I have to see some evidence that they're handling this right, right before I say anything that they're handling other than they're handling this wrong. And so really the the reason that the Broncos could have, which we wouldn't find out right now because they wouldn't want to throw him under the bus, is that he's just not getting it. He's not picking up the playbook uh, in film room. He's just doing things wrong, and they don't want to put him out there. You know what I say, Mace? They put, I say, they put Paxton Lynch out there when he wasn't getting it. Exactly. I say you're a 2-6 and six football team. Mm-hmm. Might as well just make sure that he's really not getting it and that game reps aren't going to help him and that practice reps aren't going to help him because you know what? Mm-hmm. If he's not ready, then the best thing to have is to find out that he's truly not the guy and then you lose games. At this point in the season, that's the best thing for you. Then you go and get your guy next year. Well, unfortunately, I think if that is the case and he is struggling to pick it up, the Broncos are being governed by the old maxim I mentioned yesterday that it's better to be thought of as a fool 
than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. <laughs> yep. But I'm waiting for the evidence on the fact that Drew Locke, on the notion that Drew Locke isn't picking it up, and I don't see it. And there's nothing in his background at Missouri and nothing fr- from what I'm hearing with the Broncos that says he's not putting his work in. Right. This exactly. isn't Paxton Lynch 2.0. This isn't a guy who'd rather play Fortnite. He yep. wants to play football. Yep. He badly wants to play football, as he made clear yesterday. Yep. Or even just practice football. <laughs> yep. And they're not letting him. Yep. And they should. They should let him. Yeah, there's absolutely no harm in letting him practice right now. Okay, so you have to pull him onto the 53-man roster in a couple of weeks. Who's on that 53-man roster that you really have to have? Are you saying, man, we've got to have this 53rd player, this guy who's inactive every week. We've got to have him rather than have Drew Locke on the 53. What? No. Nope. No. Nope. Your chances of taking that player and moving him to the practice squad are pretty daggum good, whoever that player is. Or someone goes on injured reserve. Yep. This isn't that hard. Why must the Broncos make it this hard? Why? What would be fantastic is if they just said, you know what? You guys are right. We love the pod. Listen to it every day. And we're going to have them practice today. I doubt that's the case in everything. We might have to do an emergency podcast if he's out there practicing today. (laughs) Because my mind would be in little pieces all over this countertop here in my basement. It would be blown (laughs) up. I I would be proud. Of them, but I don't think that's going to happen. And if you are struggling to grip why the Broncos are doing this just like we are, make sure you check out Breckenridge Brewery and have yourself an ice cold avalanche amber ale on this chilly day. Nothing is better than an avalanche amber ale from Breckenridge Brewery because, oh, it is such a good beer. The avalanche, I mean, j- just look at the word. It's about snow. It's about cold. And that is the perfect beer for this snowy Wednesday. So make sure you check out Breckenridge Beer, whether you're going with the Strawberry Sky, the Colorado Core, the Vanilla Michael Porter Jr., the Avalanche Ale. They are all so good. But today, as we truly embrace winter, I recommend that you check out the Avalanche Ale. It's a classic, a staple, been around for so long. I know you guys will love it. And speaking of supporting local businesses, you know how we're all about that. And we're super excited to tell you about Denver Rubber Company. And it may not be what you think it is. Denver Rubber Company is the most reliable local partner for your long-term projects. Since 1972, Denver Rubber Company has provided the highest quality of products from custom die-cut gaskets, molded rubber, to custom contract manufacturing, and custom hoses. And guess what? Snow is here, and we've already had a taste of it. You'll need Denver Rubber Company when it comes to anything snow plows. DRC can cut to size and pre-slot most snow plow rubber. The blades can be cut to your length and slotted for mounting to meet your exact specifications. We went and checked out their warehouse a few weeks back, and it was nothing short of amazing. These guys have created proprietary materials that make up the inside of wind turbine blades, and we even witnessed machines that cut material that are used in bulletproof vests. And they're fantastic people, great customer service. So remember, Denver Rubber Company Custom makes it all 
at the and you can purchase products for yourself and of course buy bulk at a fantastic rate. They're a family-owned business with loyalty only to the people just like us here at DNVR. So be sure to call them today for any snow plow needs, custom gaskets, hoses, etc. at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com slash DNVR and make sure you tell them DNVR sent you. All right, Mace, speaking of local businesses and supporting our people, we got to hear from the people. Because there's a lot that they want to say. Yes. Uh, last night, before I went to bed, I looked at the number of comments and saw there were already 31. I'm like, we're going to be here a long <laughs> time this morning. We're up to 49 now. Woo. All right. No better place to begin than So we're doing speed round. Yeah, we're going to try to go as fast as possible. Bumpy Buffalo. Guys, I have been saying that Allen will be better than Flacco. I'm going to put out predictions for his stats and if he meets or exceeds them then you all must admit that myself and Virginia Beach Bronco were right if he's worse <laughs> then I will toss some into the world tour and admit that he sucks 68% completion rate 228 passing yards 25 rushing yards two touchdowns rushing or passing one interception not to mention I think he'll be more fun to watch comp rate and yards gets a touch better than Flacco's average this year and if he gets two touchdowns well he's just flat out better Deal? Deal. I love that. Here's, but here's the problem. You're saying two touchdowns, right? Yeah. This is the guy. Now, this is just passing touchdowns. This is the guy who career preseason numbers are six touchdowns, 11 picks. <laughs> I fear that you're asking Brandon Allen to be something he's not. Yeah, Mace, that's exactly the number I was going to touch on. That, those two touchdowns, I think the stat line could look very similar to Joe Flacco the past three games. Zero touchdowns, maybe one interception. Uh, here's the thing. About Brandon Allen, yesterday he said that the biggest difference between he and Joe Flacco is that he's mobile, and that mm-hmm. that that could help. So, but maybe, they have the game plan of that mobility, right? Yep, exactly. That's the challenge for Rich Gangarello, exactly. So, Virginia Beach Broncos. Well, Bumpy, it's been you and me clamoring for this for weeks, and here it is. I can guarantee you one thing: for at least one quarter, Broncos country will have a reason to tune in. The unknown of Allen is better than the known, predictable, boring Flacco performance. We'll see. You know what? You're right, Virginia Beach Broncos. The unknown is better than the known because I'm ready for something different. I'm ready for something else. Yep. As Sam White said back in 1993, give me someone fresh even if he's bad. <laughs> yep. And Bumpy Buffalo commented on that and said, honestly, if Allen looks the same as Flacco until the last two minutes of the half, I would be fine with that. I would enjoy seeing him scramble around and heave the Hail Mary as a player rather than take another strip sack to end the game. I personally think he will be better and will get two touchdowns, but at least this is the first step to seeing Locke. Thanks for being on my side and go, Allen. If that is the last snap of Joe Flacco as a Bronco, is there a more appropriate last snap than that? Oh, boy. Just had no clue the rush was coming. Yeah. And the rush was coming. Yeah. Here he is in year 12 when he was completely unaware, didn't feel the pass rush. Yeah. And just got annihilated. Didn't even get the pass off. Didn't didn't even give his team a shot. Look, there was enough time. If you could have gotten a 25-yard completion there to the sideline and get out of bounds, there you could have said, okay, McManus, 68-yarder, take a shot. Right. You weren't asking to get 50 yards out of those two plays. 25 or 30 yards would have given you... A chance, not a great chance, but a chance. Something that Brandon McManus in his life 
in practice has hit before. Yep. Instead, strip sack fumble. Didn't even give them a chance. Next one coming in from the Manning face. God says, guys, these are some confusing times for Broncos fans, and that's the lightest way to put it. I've been a Broncos fan for 21 years, since I was seven, and I don't remember the franchise more derailed than it is now. This includes when we had Josh McDaniels as our head coach. Would you think that our intended franchise quarterback would be prepared and ready to take the reins as a starting quarterback, but disturbingly, according to Elway and Fangio, he is not. I'm honestly beginning to think that Elway and Brass really are holding Drew back and don't and don't want to expose how bad he is. This would save Elway from being ridiculed for drafting another bad quarterback, and that way they can trade him and then draft someone like Justin Herbert, which is not my quarterback of choice. I love my Broncos and always will, but as a longtime hardcore Broncos fan who bleeds orange and blue, it's sad and disheartening to see this proud franchise starting to collapse into an organization like the Raiders. I really hope the light bulb turns on for Elway and just let Locke play. Because I think he can be pretty good for us. Sorry for the long post. Thanks for all you do for Broncos country. Man, that Broncos Raiders comparison is sobering, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. But I've heard that punches from, you in the face. I've heard that from a couple of people around the sport mm. outside of Denver. Mm. That's when it's really bad. That Elway is looking a little like Al Davis mm. in terms of the moves, in terms of the chasing. Mm. Boy, that's about as bad that's as it can be. Sobering. Yep. And that. Man, covering this team for a long time, man, that goes right to the soul. The count. And by the way, he's not Count Flacula anymore. Oh, very good. (laughs) Gentle bros. I just received my custom rubber casket gasket I ordered from Denver Rubber Company. I had to get a special order one for the Elway front office funeral I'll be presiding over soon. The coffin is in the shape of a dumpster with flames exploding from the top. And even with all the intricate shapes on the crypt, the gasket fits perfectly and should, thankfully, keep any air from either escaping or entering. This is a win for all of us in my mind, and Lord knows we all need it. You all are invited to attend a mission price is a Sixer, a Strawberry Sky, or a Game used jersey from any of our recent draft busts. <laughs> the services will be held in the parking lot of the Colfax Avenue Business Improvement Office. Drinks afterwards at Sancho's Broken Arrow. Hope to see you all there. Love the count. It's very nice of you to, to host and plan that, the count. Yeah, we got time on that. <laughs> <laughs> Next one coming in from J. Harrison 16. Guys, this is exactly... What you get when you try to put non-mobile quarterbacks in an offense that requires you to move around a lot, etc. Under center snaps, play action passes, etc. First, you can't run play action with a crap line because that means everyone has to hold their man longer. And Garrett Bowles can show you from a fundamental standpoint how to draw a yellow flag. Second, if anyone has an agility ladder in the Broncos facility, all the past quarterbacks from 2016 would probably fall on their face. So why make them run more? Simeon could move okay. Yeah. Also, with this Drew Locke stuff, maybe he doesn't know his playbook. Maybe he doesn't know how to audible or change plays. I'm writing this at 2:01 Central Standard Time, so maybe they're just maybe they're going to trade him before the team realizes he doesn't have the talent. I don't know. I don't know. I know in high school football, if you don't didn't know the plays, you didn't play. And John Elway isn't going to come out and say it. Thanks, guys. You're great to listen you too and it gets me through my days well we love you jay harrison love you appreciate that and you know what that's an explanation that i'd like to get out there if that's the case yep and that that like it would make sense if if you said okay drew lock is struggling to learn the playbook struggling with everything okay you know what people would buy that people would absolutely buy that right he needs time now the other thing 
trying to put non-mobile quarterbacks in offense requires mobility. Well, this is part of why I wondered if Joe Flacco was really the guy when they brought him in. They were asking to turn back the clock five years. That doesn't just happen. And remember, Joe Flacco had had two injuries that kept him out a substantial amount of time in the four years since his season with Gary Kubiak. And now, lo and behold, he has another injury. Father time, injuries, all that. It's catching up with him. So maybe Joe Flacco was the square peg in a round hole. Mm. Wouldn't that be something? It would be. Yeah. I am curious to see Brandon Allen just because he does have some mobility. Maybe he isn't as accurate, but at least he can escape. He's going to buy himself some time. He's going to give the offense a chance. He can extend some plays. Maybe he can help make the receivers make something happen downfield. It couldn't be worse. I'm saying it right now. Brandon Allen couldn't be appreciably worse than Joe Flacco. I may regret that, but that's what I'm saying. Mace, how about this? At the beginning of the season, we both, all of us, said unquestionably the two most important players on this Broncos offense are Emmanuel Sanders and Joe Flacco. Well, both gone. two weeks, they're both gone. Of course, when you had both of those guys, you weren't exactly tearing up the offensive stats either. So Exactly. So what does that mean moving forward? What are you clinging to? (laughs) 3.30 a.m. at a cockfight. What are you clinging to? Next one coming in from Illinois Bronco. What's up, guys? With everything that is going on, hearing talks about possible future draft picks always gets me fired up. If we have a high draft pick next year, which it looks like that'll be the case, and Chase Young is available, you definitely take him with your first pick. This would give you the chance to switch up your defensive scheme to a 4-3 to better fit the play style of Bradley Chubb and Chase Young. Let me interject real quickly. Vic Fangio is not changing to a 4-3. Yeah, I don't care what personnel he has. Yep, He's not doing it. He's been 3-4 his entire career. Create a package deal, including Vaughn Miller, to trade back into the first round and get Isaiah Simmons from Clemson. He becomes your starting middle inside linebacker, and you can cover convert Alexander Johnson to right outside linebacker. This is all in theory that Drew Locke plays and is the future quarterback for the Broncos. Thoughts? As always, keep up the great content. Well, Mace kind of address the defensive scheme. Yeah, I mean, intriguing. I, I like Isaiah Simmons. Isaiah Simmons can fit you even if you stay in a 3-4, though. Now, I do, in general, like the notion of trading back into the first round. I'm not on board with trading Von Miller to do it. Um, Even though they didn't make a trade of Chris Harris Jr. on Tuesday because the value wasn't there in the proposed offers, you are still sitting there with four third-round picks, a second-rounder, and a first-rounder. So I'd like to see them take that second-rounder, package it with at least one third-rounder, maybe another one, and move back up into the first round. If you do find a young quarterback of the future, from what you have on the roster right now, you have the freedom to pick two guys. I tossed this out on Twitter last night. Imagine if you got Chase Young, who can play in any scheme. He can be effective as, as a 3-4 defensive end. Don't worry about that. He, he's scheme independent, is Chase Young. Imagine for a moment Chase Young, and then... You trade back into the first round. Maybe it's an Isaiah Simmons. Maybe it's a Tyler Biotish. Or what if you say, okay, we're not going to pick Chase Young. He's going to be gone before we pick. What if you get Tristan Wirfs at left tackle from Iowa? Mm. And you get Wirfs, then you trade back into the late first round, you get Biotish. Not that Isaiah Simmons wouldn't help. But man, I want to fix that O-line. I, I want to fix that O-line badly. And that would be the way to do it, is you use a second round pick last year, then you use two first round picks on it this year. That would be good. But 
It's all contingent on if Drew Locke's the guy. Yep. Behind enemy lines. Number one, Elway is only willing to chase old. Two, when I learned Monday about the Flacco out and no lock situation in a room surrounded by Patriots fans, I sat staring at my phone for a moment. A co-worker looked over and said, are you okay? You're really red. No, not okay. Are they resting lock because they're afraid with practice he might be good and they don't want the double whammy of worst draft position and proof of the public opinion we're better with him? It's like they couldn't play him before because it wasn't enough of a win-now move and they can't play him now because it's too much of a win-now move. It's kind of how we feel. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense. Doesn't it doesn't make sense on any level, in any way, shape, or form. The other thing, number one, Elway only willing to chase old. <laughs> uh, don't tell me that in the pits of your minds you haven't thought about the notion that Eli Manning or Andy Dalton could be the Broncos' quarterback in 2020. Absolutely. You hope that the Andy Dalton benching would put that to rest. But hey, Joe Flacco also couldn't uh, earn the job back from. What a lot of people call the wider And hey, maybe they're just entering their entering their prime too. How about that? <laughs> exactly. Next one from Brian Boz. I hope Brandon Allen breaks his leg Sunday. Whoa, that's whoa, mean. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, that no, no, mean. no, 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 no. We do not wish for injury here. Apparently, the only way to force the organization to start Drew Locke, I'm so sick of the organization, it makes me sick to my stomach. I used to scream at the TV and have so much passion watching these Broncos games. Now I'm emotionless and have no hope in the foreseeable future. Until Brittany takes over his owner and holds people such as John accountable, I may stop watching the games altogether. Sincerely, your die inside, die hard Broncos friend. You're Brian dead Boz. inside, die hard Broncos. Oh, friend. dead inside, yep. yep. Everyone's a little dead inside right now, I'd say. Yep. And then Missouri Bronco. I don't hope he breaks his leg necessarily, but the last part I concur with. I used to be excited for games. Now I just want to wear a paper bag over my head. This is the concern because we see a lot of anger. The concern is when it becomes apathy. That's when you have a real problem. It's okay. Fan anger, no problem. That means fans care. When fans start getting apathetic, that is the enemy of everything you're trying to build as an organization. Exactly. And when fans, when a lot of fans wear paper bags over their head, that sends a message. At least they're coming. Right. Yep. Yep. Next one from Podunk Boom. What's up, gents? After realizing all this craziness, I've come to this conclusion. Either A, Locke has just blown their minds behind closed doors, just destroyed every scenario they threw at him in VR sessions. They already know he is accurate with the Canon and mobile. So they have said, Drew is starting next season, and we are drafting around him. And all this is to get the highest draft pick as possible. Or B, everyone that has to do with making a decision has lost their freaking minds and just flipping poo on the walls during meetings. Otherwise, the kid would be fast-tracked to get on the field as soon as humanly possible. Thoughts? I think it's neither. I think it's probably C, that they have seen something in his preparation and what he's doing with the VR that means he's not ready. Believe me. If he were ready, <laughs> he'd be out there right now. Yeah, that's what I think. It's option C. Yeah. Skookum24. Is it possible that Flacco threatened to hold out and push for his contract change behind closed doors this offseason? As has been noted before, it didn't seem to make a lot of sense with how his original contract was structured for the Broncos to restructure. But if Flacco wanted a bit more security going forward and the Broncos did not believe in their backup quarterback options, Locke, Flacco would have had a lot of power to get what he wanted. I'm not going to say that it that didn't happen at all, but here's the thing in and why why I'm not going to buy it 100% is because the Broncos and John Elway have done this before. They did it with Von Miller what, 2 years ago or last year mm-hmm. when when they did this exact same thing with him. So, I think it's just something John wanted to do in order to open up money to be able to re-sign players during the season. Yeah, I 
That said, oh, I mean, it makes sense though. I can't get past the notion that they took the most team friendly quarterback contract in the NFL <laughs> and said, we don't need this. Which is so rare to have a team friendly quarterback contract, Mace. Now, don't forget this as well. Because you carry over unspent money under the cap, the accounting isn't that much different. And next year, if they did cut him prior to June 1, then they'd save $10.05 million and have $13.6 million of dead money. But, uh, yeah, it's just it's just baffling to me. Why, why did you make that a guarantee? Yeah. Yep. I, I just... <laughs> the other thing that's interesting in looking at the contract, originally it was going to be, what, $57 million over three years, right? Yep, yep. Well, because of what they did with the bonus and all that, um, according to overthecap.com, it ends up being $63 million. <laughs> Of course. So why? You just... Uh, I don't know. The, the belief in Joe Flacco that this organization had throughout the year just baffles me. I'm to use a, a good word, a word that Larry David on Curb Your Enthusiasm once were used. I'm completely uh, nonplussed. <laughs> Skookum24 continues says, Elway does seem to do a good job getting value for other players. Fourth for Thomas, released that year by the Texans. Fifth for Tlaib, traded yesterday to Miami with a fifth. And a third and a fourth for Sanders and to be decided on what happens there. Yeah, that's true. Yep. Miami buying a uh, buying the difference between a seventh and a fifth round pick for $4.2 million is one of the more fascinating trades. I would have thought they could have got more. I would have too. But remember, Cleveland basically played paid $16 million for a second round pick. Yep. Brock Osweiler. And that's worth it. That's a that's a good deal right there. Sometime this week we need to get into your Browns history. Mm, I want to I want to hear some Brown stories. <laughs> Zach, you were there. You can be our light into the historical dysfunction that is the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> it's not pretty. We should we should ex- have a podcast where we just exchange stories about <laughs> oh, the things gosh. we saw. <laughs> In the buildings in which we worked. <laughs> oh, you've got some oh, good ones. Oh, my. Hard rocker. Someone, that's, boy, that's a comment. That's a big matzo ball out there. Again, in Seinfeld Parlon. <laughs> yeah. So you tell me, oh, you've got some good ones. <laughs> I do. Hard rocker. Someone must be blackmailing John Elway because there is no other logical reason for the decisions that have been made. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're just as baffled as you. Iceman says, hey, boys, do you remember the odd remark John made that he is shaking trees to see if any quarterbacks happen to fall out? Two more questions. Why did Johnny Boy move back up in the draft to take Drew, but he won't even let him occupy a roster spot? Good question. How could Cliss even try to defend these insane decisions? It begs another question. Is Elway going through the early stage of dementia? Whoa. I, fe- I feel for all 63 players currently under contracts with the Broncos, losing truly is a world of suck. Go Zoomies. Wow. Yeah, that's a uh, little much there. A little, little intense in that, in that comment. It is. Bronco duck. Throw Flacco into a cannon and shoot him to the sun. This is the worst decision I've seen in the last three years, and that's saying something. Ah, uh, you guys sound like blue and orange-blooded fans through and through. In all seriousness, what is your best analysis on why the Broncos have weighed or lock, unlock? 
not what we want or think, but what the organization is thinking. Whether we agree with the organization or not, they have a plan. What do you legitimately think that plan is? What do you believe the organization thinks they are accomplishing by keeping to this plan with Locke? Second question, why do you fan? Why do you guys like Chase Young as a draft pick? Shouldn't left tackle be first on a Broncos fan's wish list? Have a delicious brew and chill, gentlemen. Everything's going to be all right. Well, no offense to all the left tackles, but you pick the best player on the board whenever possible. And Chase Young is better than the left tackles in this draft. Mm-hmm. There are some very good left tackles who can anchor that position for a while. Chase Young could be another J.J. Watt, mm. the way he looks out there. Mm. That's who he reminds me of. Mm. Yep, that's extraordinary. So, yeah, it, it's a little bit. It's a little bit different. I know that's probably not your biggest need, but sometimes you just have to take the best player and then worry about the rest and worry about how to fill them in later. That's why I don't like picking for scheme. I just like picking the best players. And then you mold your scheme to fit the talent. Get better talent. Get better guys. It's all about the Jimmys and Joes, not the X's and O's, as the cliche goes. Now, the other thing that Bronco Duck brings up, best analysis on why the Broncos have weight or on lock. It's the Occam's razor. Whatever has the, you know, the, the least explanation is probably the reason. It probably is because he is struggling in terms of grasping everything. That's the simplest explanation there will be no confirmation on that you're not going to hear Vic Fangio or John Elway say that and we're just speculating but that is the explanation that makes the most sense yep exactly that that's really the only thing that makes sense at this point Rob he says I grew up in Dallas during the Cowboys dynasty when Moose Johnson caught the ball and tucked some defender and trucked some defender the crowd started saying moose and the announcers on TV would have to explain that they were saying moose and not booing the team. Can we get some Drew chants going in the stadium? Would Elway hear what the fans want to see? Drew. Problem is it would sound too much like boo. I don't think they'd notice the difference. What would stand out is we want Drew. We want Drew or we want Locke. Right. We want Locke. Right. So if things go poorly Sunday, while I want you as Broncos fans to support your team, if things go badly, please do not hesitate to start chanting, we want Drew. Right. Don't wait for him. To, yeah, you don't have to wait for it until he's on the sideline. I remember being at a St. Louis Rams game 21 years ago where fans chanted, we want Warner. (laughs) And you know what? This was back in 1998 season. They were right. (laughs) Missouri Bronco says, Chris Harris is here to stay, at least for the season. I still think Chris walks at the end of this season, even though he has proven he's still worth the money. Do you concur? I know the Broncos have a somewhat tight budget, but we do not know what we will get with compensatory picks. Here's what I think needs to happen for Chris Harris Jr. to stay. One of these young quarterbacks, Brandon Allen, Brett Rippon, Drew Locke, proves that they're the guy. That they're the man of the future. The Broncos' defense continues to ball out. They lose some games. But the young quarterback is a reason why they pull off an upset or two down the stretch of the season. And you say, hey, it was a tough year, but we found our guy. Right. And Chris Harris Jr., having seen 
this quarterback play, having been a part of this defense for this season, says, I want in on that. I'm on board. And the Broncos then re-sign him. That being said, you are not getting a hometown discount <laughs> from Chris Harris Jr. Yep. If you want him back, you're going to have to pay what would be his potential market rate if he's healthy, which is, frankly, I think somebody is going to pay him 13 to $14 million per year, even going into his early 30s. It wouldn't be a long contract. It'd probably be a three-year deal. Yep. Maybe the two years of that would be guaranteed. But a, you're going to have to pay up. It's exactly the... Chris. It's exactly the number that I was thinking, 13, 14 million. No hometown discount, like you said. And Mace, how crazy is this? We are so mind blown of the fact that Drew Locke is not even practicing that we didn't even talk about how the Broncos did not trade anyone yesterday. The Emmanuel Sanders trade was the only trade the Broncos are making this season as the trade deadline came and went. And to put it simply, no offers came in that exceeded the compensatory pick, third round comp pick. Which is a shame because Chris is definitely worth the second. From the count, hold your horses. Wait an expletive in. Try that again. From the count, hold your horses. Wait and insert expletive here. Minute. You are telling me Locke could be active this week, one of our most winnable games, and instead we are just trotting out some dude we picked up the dog food, and instead we are just trotting out some dude we picked up in the dog food aisle. At King's Supers? Did young Drew accidentally drink a beer at a scotch lunch with Elway and Ellis? Or does the carbon monoxide detector at headquarters simply need a new battery? I will say it again. This horse pucky is bananas. Wait, wait. Maybe Elway is playing Kurtz in Heart of Darkness. Quote, his soul was mad. Being alone in the wilderness, it looked within itself. And by heavens, I tell you, it had gone mad. The horror. At this point, it would be hard to argue otherwise, right? Avec amour. beautifully beautifully (laughs) red mason here's the thing about all of the the drew lock stuff and everything that's going on if you guys were dnvr members and joined our family you would know all of this up to date uh we released two articles about this yesterday and if you were members you would have had full access to all of them right when the news was coming down and we want you to join our family so that you can do that and make sure if you do, you use one of our promo codes, Zach, Z-A-C, Mace, M-A-S-C, or you can even use RK, but make sure that you're using one of the Broncos promo codes because we need your help. The Nuggets are pulling away with this thing, and we need to catch up. We need to show them that this is a Broncos town even when the Broncos are at their lowest because the Broncos will be back, and we want to make sure that we as the DNVR Broncos crew stay on top the entire time. So, what do you get when you use the promo code Zach or Mace? You get a subscription and membership into our family. You get a free t-shirt of your choice, which are awesome t-shirts. And you get the content from every other beat as well. And don't forget, you get the warm and fuzzy feeling that comes with supporting locally owned journalism. Yep. Exactly. Now more than ever, we need locally owned 
outlets, not corporate controlled. Exactly. And here's we're a- employee owned too. <laughs> exactly. We're all in. Exactly. And and here's a plug to be even more local. Use the promo code Zach because I mean, I need all the help I can get from you guys. I'm the little guy in this competition, so use that code ZAC. Of course, if you've been listening for a while, maybe you came over to this podcast because I recommended it. Maybe you're here because you were an Orange and Blue 760 listener. We've heard from a a lot of those people who came over after that station went away, and you're glad that your old midday pal mace is here with you (laughs) then use the code mace (laughs) and i thank you so there we go we'd love to have you guys roll with us and when you're rolling with us we want you to have the best teeth possible and that's why i want to tell you about green mountain dental because taking care of your teeth is pretty darn important and our friends at green mountain dental group are giving away a free sonicare that's right they are giving away a free Sonicare when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. That's right. All you have to do is take care of your teeth for Green Mountain Group to hand over a free Sonicare. Check them out today or online or call them at 303-988-0711. Green Mountain Dental Group at 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment today and get a free Sonicare. All right, let's check back with our listeners. Next one coming in from Samuel B. Sue. Hey, guys, I keep trying to get a grasp on what the Broncos are thinking with Locke, and the only thing that makes sense to me is that they are pretty, already pretty convinced he is the future for this team. Why else would they be trying to get him started on the best possible situation, the charges at home? If they knew he wasn't the future, they could care less if he goes out and gets killed by the Vikings and Bills. By starting Al in the next three games, they can assure the team loses and gets in a better draft position to draft as many offensive linemen as needed. The only thing I can't understand, no matter how hard I try, is why oh why they are letting aren't letting him practice. I can only hope that next year with Lockett quarterback getting better offensive line and improving on the very good defense Vic is building, we can be a more exciting team to watch. Well, as we were recording this, we actually took a pause in the middle of it to listen to John Elway in his weekly interview on KOA. He said that Locke isn't physically ready yet. Which is mind-blowing. And then so what did Locke he say? So Locke says he's physically ready, and Elway says he's not. And then, and, go what, ahead. and then what did John say after, which I think is where the truth lies? He said, most of my information comes from the co- what the coaches think as for where he is, and that's what I'll rely on. It all comes down to how he's mentally adapting to what we're doing on the offensive side. There it is. It's, there it is. So the mental. Un- unfortunately, Samuel B. Sue and a few of you commenters, it's the complete opposite of what you think. It is not that Drew Locke is just waiting and they know he's the future, so they're giving him the best opportunity. It's that he's he's not picking it up. Yeah, and I can tell you from some of the mentions I've gotten as I tweeted that out, <laughs> uh, the fans aren't buying into it. Mm. Missouri Bronco responds, I, I think he's still going to have to play behind a subpar line anyways, no matter who we get in the draft. But an interesting take. You know what? I'll say this. I think within two years, the Broncos do have a good offensive line. But here's the question I would offer for you. How many starting offensive linemen in 2021 are on the Broncos roster right now? Two, McGovern and Reisner. 
or Reisner and like Wilkinson, like a backup. Okay. All right. Yep. Yeah, I think two as well. Yep. I don't think Garrett Bowles is on this team in 2021. Jawan so, James's contract, you can't do anything with that for 2020. But if he continues to have injury woes, there's no way he's back in 2021 after a likely lockout. Shouldn't be, at least. Right. <laughs> Official Fink. Who was it that said the Broncos would go 2-14 and 14 and we all laughed? Man, that was a good joke. Much love to the Tres Caballeros <laughs> at DNVR. Yeah, I mean, if the Broncos don't win another game, I think every single person in Denver, not just us, every person in Denver and in Broncos country will owe Adam Rank an apology. I'll letter. tell you what, though. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they win this game. Oh, Maybe Brandon wow. Allen comes in and screws this whole thing up. Oh, wow. I can't <laughs> wait for our predictions tomorrow. Oh. Next one from Wade Myers. Yo, Ryan, between you and Mace, you guys got my feelings covered on the way this franchise is going. So let's have some fun. What Broncos hit slash hard tackle do you remember the most all time? My Super Bowl 32, Steve knocking out three people, including himself. Have fun and enjoy the snow. We could probably just make a list of Steve Atwater tackles in oh, the yeah. top five. Just starting Kansas City. Yeah, the Okoye is yep. the hit on Monday Night Football in 1990. That's the one that jumps out for me. That's, That's me as legendary. Well. Yep, exactly. As far as hits go. Yeti Roar. Hello, gents. I've returned from my self-imposed comment exile, though it may be brief for my own sanity to say thanks for all the amazing coverage. I've really been enjoying Mace being part of the team as well, and I always appreciate how responsive y'all are on Twitter. I appreciate you being part of the team as well. Thank you. Nice words. Okay, as someone who actually wanted Elway to take Lockett this past draft, I've been very excited to see what the kid has. In everyone's opinion, will four-game starts be enough to truly evaluate whether or not this young man can lead the Broncos for the next 15 years? What you guys are saying about trust being gone is so true, at least for me. I have no confidence in this franchise moving forward to really accomplish much of anything. Establishing their quarterback of the future and foregoing this awful strategy of signing has-beens and grizzled veterans will be a great start. Finally, do you guys think these weird development choices surrounding Locke have more to do with doubting he has what it takes or a strange amount of caution with him because those on the inside are already certain he has what it takes and simply want him to have a clear path to success? Thanks, guys. Well, I think to go back to what Elway said and we alluded to just a couple of minutes ago, that they don't think he's mentally ready. Yep, we're going to be touching on that all until until he's back. That's that's what we're going to be touching on because John is great at giving us tidbits, and that was many, many, many tidbits. Next one from T Dubs. Can someone please explain to me this fear that the coaching staff has with Philip Lindsay? They're terrified that giving him more than fifteen catches or carries a game would be too much for him. But there's not really anything to back that up. I certainly don't want to run Phil into the ground, but he's so explosive, and it's hard to not feel like they're limiting him. Your thoughts? Thanks for the great coverage as always. Well. As for not really anything to back that up, I think they're just looking at the general history of small running backs. And that's why. It's not so much him, but the history of running backs that kind of have that skill set and body type. Darren Sproles were done. And both of those guys were not full bell cow backs. Work done is probably the closest comp. And there was always a relief back for him, whether it was Mike Allstott or TJ Duckett, uh, even Michael Vick. The fact that he could run in Atlanta took some of the burden off of him. So I think that's what they're thinking. And you want Philip Lindsay to be a 12 year back. Ideally, hopefully it's in Denver. You want to be effective over the course of an entire year and stay healthy to do that. Yeah. You'd love to feed him the ball, but you got to limit him a little bit. And Royce Freeman has been doing fine. Maybe not as explosive as explosive as Philip Lindsay, 
but he's a he's a fine running back. Here's the thing, Mace. I'm okay with the Broncos limiting Philip Lindsay even more right now because what's the point? Exactly. You know what? If here's something. If let's you lose this game, you're two and seven, and you're playing out the string. Although John Elway says they're trying to win, <laughs> keep saying that. But if if you're playing out the string, and it's all about just development. Throw Devontae Booker out there. You're not re-signing him. Right. I completely agree. Let him be the lamb of the slaughter, as it were. <laughs> the Count. Bad news, gents. Our good friend Count Flacula is no longer. I came upon his severed head just this evening. <laughs> it had been stuffed with old John Elway football cards, and there seemed to be a shard of the Lombardi Trophy from Super Bowl 50 laced deep into one of the eye holes. I was taken aback for a second until I focused again on my own dilemma. As Zach reported on Twitter, I do have binders at home, and these little tomes seem to be the whole issue betwixt me and the team. They insist on my using an iPad so they can track my every move. I, however, being born around the time of Charles the Great, that's Charlemagne to you, RK and Zach, am <laughs> more used to and vastly more effective when using a standard quill and earthy slice of parchment. I did update my style in 1980s and began using a trapper keeper, as Zach so flippantly called binders. <laughs> But it seems that Scangy Pants wants me to sync up with this idiotic VR machine. Broncos fans, this feels like hell. I know, it's loathsome for me as well. But as I once said, and these words were stolen for a modern fang flick, what if there's no hell or they don't want us there? Ever think of that? Love, Locklet. Lockula. You know what? I bet the Count uses an abacus when it's time for him to do his calculations. <laughs> Locula. You reading those makes my day. Yes. Next one coming in from the world of suck. I agree it's horrific how Locke is being mismanaged. The concerning thing for me is what it says about Elway and company. Big picture, though, I don't think it makes a huge difference for Locke's development. I think three games even gives us everything we need to see. Danny Dimes, Kyler Murray, Gardner Minshew. For all three rookie quarterbacks, the evaluation sort of stabilized by week three or so. I'm content with three games, but I do prefer more. Switching gears real quick. The draft pod had an interesting conversation, and I want your take, too. Where does Locke place? Where does Locke's place relative to this year's draft class? For me, he's the number three guy behind Tua and Burrow. Ooh, um, my concerns about his accuracy, I would have put him behind Tua, behind Burrow, behind Herbert, behind Hertz too. Yeah, there'll be some talk about Jordan Love. Well, I think we'll really get into Jordan Love out of Utah State in January. Not a good performance when he stepped up in class to take on LSU. Want to see what he does down at the Senior Bowl. Jordan Love is the guy that I think has the most to gain. That said, I don't think he fits John Elway in the Broncos' style. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so either, Mace. It'll be interesting, and certainly, certainly, you can bet this offseason is going to be full of these conversations. Next one coming in from Super Bowl and Interesting name. I've tried so hard to stay positive this year. Every week I've done my best to point out the little victories, but this has gotten exhausting. I'm sure I'm not the only one in the comments who is wishing we have an actual owner right now. I'm sure I'm not the only one pulling out their hair that Ryan Finley is making a start before Drew Locke. We both are, trust me. Oh, yes. I unfortunately have lost all trust in our front office. Arkane mentioned this last week, and I agree. I have significantly lowered my expectations for John and the rest of the front office staff. We have some dark days ahead of us, and I would not be shocked if Drew Locke never gets to be the bright light to guide us through them. I wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't even see the practice field this year. John did say Minnesota week. Minnesota week is when they're planning on bringing him to the practice field. 
I got the sense that it would be practice Minnesota week, practice Buffalo week, play Chargers. He didn't say that explicitly, yep. but the window yep. would say play at home against the Chargers. Yep, completely agree. Which I have been predicting, not really wanting that, yep. but I've been predicting That's for a while. Me as well, Mace. So, love Thunder Down Under. Well, isn't this an absolute bleep show? <laughs> In the immortal words of Seth from Superbad, F me, right? <laughs> Does anyone recall a very subtle message from Vic in the Friday press conference following the Chiefs game? When asked about Noah Fance drops, he said, and I don't quote exactly, he is a young guy who is still getting better. We need to coach better, too. But playing more games is the best way to get better. <laughs> the best way to improve as a young player is to play. Stared blankly at the camera. I thought this was the sign of Drew to come. Our elusive mountain Drew. Do you believe there is a misalignment between Vic and John on this? Whew. I'll have to go get that exact quote. That is something. Yep. That is. Hmm. Fascinating, Mm -hmm. as Mr. Spock would say. Yep. It's very fascinating. Oh, my, 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 my. Missouri Bronco says he has a a comment that he left on on Monday's pod. Mace's what-ifs have piqued my interest, and I want to ask... All about a what if for the future. Correct me if I'm wrong, but a few pods ago, I heard Mace talk about an extreme scenario. One of the Bolins moving the team out of Denver. Only because Johnny Bolin brought it up on his Instagram. Yeah. And that, he's... That, that the team could be moved to Toronto. He was actually going back on that. By the way, I don't think he's well, but if you want to see some of the questionable ramblings that he puts in his uh, daily Instagram story, follow Super Bolin. On Instagram, yep. Uh, there's, there's a lot there, and it's not good. And he keeps coming back to that. I think he w- was on one of his another one of his rants uh, in the past 24 hours, and mentioned how there was no inheritance tax in Canada. <laughs> so Canada, Canada. I like Canada too, but uh, if they get an NFL team, I like to be an expansion team. Yeah, and the Broncos are not moving to Canada. But right. he, he continues and says, well, I don't know anything about that. Us Missourians have had some experience with NFL relocation. Yes. I have a couple things here. Part one, I talked about how Mile High was pretty ag- pretty red against the Chiefs this season. I know fans want to send a message to the brass by not showing up, but would that ever reach to an extent where the team would have an incentive to relocate to boost attendance? I want to believe that it wouldn't, but I can see it happening. It would take a long time, but just look at Washington, for example. Over the decades, they've gone from a waiting list for season tickets that was, what, like 200,000 names long? Yep. To downsizing their stadium and announcing crowds in the mid-50s Yep. that are often filled with fans of the opposing team in particular, Washington being a very transient city. You've got a lot of fans from other teams that is as it is, and now they're easily finding their way into the stadium. Yep. Part two. When the Rams moved from St. Louis, local media showed up showed a divide among residents. Fans who were more loyal to the city despised the team and picked another team or just removed themselves from the NFL entirely. Fans who were more loyal to the team said they'd still support them as the Los Angeles Rams. Where do you three fall on this question? With me I fall in the first group. I only stop being a Broncos fan if they betray the city of Denver. Does this make me a conditional fan? Sorry for the long comment, boys. Damn good pod. No, it does not. And if the Broncos ever left Denver, you'd be perfectly in your rights to not only choose another team, but hate them with the fire of a thousand suns. My father lived in St. Louis for a while. I spent a fair amount of time there. Part of my matriculation was at the University of Missouri. And 
the way that Stan Kroenke and his people in charge with the Rams lied to St. Louis, lied about their intent, I wish nothing but misery for the Los Angeles Rams. <laughs> and Mace, I completely agree with you. No, if if a team betrays a city and all of its fans, well, then you can turn your back on them. And I don't blame the Los Angeles Rams fans for saying we want another team uh, back when the Rams left in 1994. It's how this works. Me being a Bucks fan, I, if they ever left Tampa, well, the words I want to say, I can't really sound if I'm a family podcast, so I'll just <laughs> leave that be. So, anyway. Ah, DP3107. Ryan, per your column from the other day, I don't think it matters who the Broncos have at quarterback. As long as they run an offense that is not QB friendly, they will continue to struggle, and they will bust QB after QB. I just don't understand. With all the evidence across the NFL and all levels of college football, running a spread offense with lots of motion and RPO seems like a no-brainer. Not for Elway and crew, though. He won a Super Bowl in this offense. Then they won another in 2015 that was carried by an all-time great defense with a horrible offense. That was the best offense they've had in the last four years. It makes me think of a quote Lincoln Riley gave. Something like, why would you run an offense that isn't QB friendly? I am convinced if Locke plays in this offense, he will look like crap. And they'll be forced to move on. I'm getting some Haskins-Washington vibes here. Like, is Drew not understanding the plays? Flacco seems to have known the plays, and he still sucked. It's a bad system for 2019. Let's just go back to what John Elway said on KOA Wednesday morning regarding Drew Locke. Said that he's not mentally ready. This was the quote, and uh, Nikki Jabbal of the Athletic actually quickly tra- transcribed this. I think the key thing is conversation with the coaches because they're with him every day and they're seeing how he's handling what we're doing offensively. And like we said, there's a big jump coming from the system that he was in to the system that we're running now. And the fact that there's a lot more verbiage in the plays that we call, a lot more things that we do at the line of scrimmage, that adjustment is the biggest thing. Okay. Cut the verbiage. Why why remain wedded to a system that is heavy on verbiage, heavy on reciting it all in the huddle? Why not simplify this? Got no answer for you, Mace. You know, there's going to be a team at some point in the NFL that does go to the poster board that they use in college football where you look and see there's like, you know, there's a couple of poster boards and each of them have, you know, four pop culture, you know, icons like, OK, you've got Yoda and you've got Taylor Swift and you've got a Bill Belichick in a hoodie and you've got Scooby Doo. And that means something. <laughs> Somebody's going to go to that because that's what these players coming up from college football are accustomed to. You have to meet the talent where it is. Yep, cater your strengths to what you have. Don't try mm-hmm. to just shove them into what you're doing. I completely agree, and it's so obvious now. So obvious. We got a lot of more good comments, but we're recording this at my house in Wash Park, and we have to get down to Broncos headquarters. So we will, if you can either repost them in uh, the next uh, podcast thread, or we can come back and read these, but we will get to these in a podcast either tomorrow or maybe we'll even throw a bonus podcast on Friday for you. We've Hey, we've done emergency podcasts before. We'll do them again to make sure we get everything in. 
and we'll start with Buff Stuffalo when we come back. And it's an interesting comment, but it's a novel. And here's here's what we'll do. Re-comment anything we didn't get to today on today's pod, this pod that you're listening to right now, and then we'll get to it tomorrow. Uh, we, we really want to hear from you guys, but we also want to make sure that we're at Dove Valley to report all of the information to you guys. That's what's going on. So make sure you tune in to the DNVR this afternoon to find out exactly what's going on with Drew Locke. Hear those quotes entirely from John Elway because I'm sure we'll have something on that. And have a fantastic Wednesday. Happy hump day. Stay safe and warm out there. And we can't wait to talk to you tomorrow. Have a fantastic Wednesday. because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. Piper Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have preferred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really, they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com. Oh,